Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code SPOTIFY for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Welcome to Least of These, where I cover the cases that need it most. Because every life matters and everyone deserves justice. I'm your host, Leah D. Today, I'll be covering the disappearance of Jaquila Scales in Wichita, Kansas. Let's get right to it. On March 2, 1997, Eureka Scales gave birth to a beautiful baby girl she named Jaquila Yvonne Scales. According to the Wichita Eagle, Eureka couldn't take her eyes off this new life she brought into the world. And when nurses came to give Eureka time to rest, she refused. She always found comfort in having her baby girl right next to her. Eureka was just a baby herself when Jaquila was born, only 14 years old. And while she loved her, she was going to need support raising her. So she sought help from her maternal grandmother, Maddie Mitchell, also known as Big Mama. You see, Big Mama had raised Eureka after her mother passed away when she was just eight years old due to complications from sickle cell anemia. And Big Mama? She was the matriarch of the family, the one everyone went to for help, guidance, or advice. Because of Eureka's young age, she is also the one who had custody of little Jaquila. But despite the custody, Eureka was involved in her day-to-day life, helping care for her. The father was never in the picture, so it was up to Maddie and Eureka to care for Jaquila. And they did just that. With two strong women in her life, it seemed little Jaquila was destined to be a powerhouse herself. Her mother, Eureka, spoke to the Wichita Eagle, recalling her daughter's fiery spirit, stating she was bossy and loved to talk, and that she always had a smile on her face. She loved wearing bold and bright barrettes. Her favorite color was purple, and she adored her baby doll that could roll over by itself. The entire family had nicknamed her Grammy Boo because, as her mother recalled, she had an old woman's spirit and was wise beyond her years. There was just something special about Grammy Boo. In 1999, Eureka gave birth to another baby, this time a son she named Marcus. And again, even at her young age, she happily welcomed this baby boy into the world and did the best that she could. In 2001, Eureka and her children, now four-year-old Jaquila, her two-year-old son Marcus, Maddie Mitchell, a.k.a. Big Mama, two of Eureka's uncles, and a dog, a chow named Bebe, were all living at 1618 North Volusia in Wichita, Kansas. 
On September 3, 2001, Eureka was home with her two kids. After all, it was Labor Day and most people had the day off. Four-year-old Jaquila asked if she could go over to Eureka's aunt's house. And Eureka agreed, telling her aunt that Jaquila was to start preschool the next day, so to be sure and have her back early that night so she would be ready for her big day. According to Eureka, Maddie was asleep. So she took her two-year-old son next door to his paternal grandmother's house, and she went to stay with a friend who lived less than a mile away at 13th Street and Grove Avenue. She would spend two nights there. This would be a decision Eureka would regret for the rest of her life. On Wednesday, September 4th, Jaquila had her first day of preschool. And while it's unclear from any reports that I could find, one would assume her great-grandmother Maddie would have been the one to take her, since Eureka was still staying with her friend. Regardless of how she got there, she got there. And it was a big day for little Jaquila. All the new sights and sounds, new friends and teachers, and a brand new routine. According to Medium.com, after the big day, Jaquila was exhausted but looking forward to going to school the following morning. By 8 o'clock p.m., Maddie had put Jaquila and Marcus to bed, and they had fallen asleep almost instantly. Jaquila had gone to bed wearing a knee-length floral nightgown with tan barrettes in her hair. Maddie herself then got ready for bed and cranked the A.C. up. It was hot in Kansas that night. She checked the back door that led from the bedroom she shared with Jaquila and little Marcus directly out to the backyard to make sure it was closed. The lock on the door was broken, but she wasn't all that worried because Bebe was in the backyard. And Bebe was known to bark at anyone who even so much as thought about approaching. Maddie climbed into bed with her two great-grandchildren turned the TV on, and drifted off to sleep. The room got cold in the night, so cold that she woke up, turned the air down just a bit, and checked to make sure both children were still covered up. According to Maddie, this was around midnight. Everything was fine, both kids still in the bed, the door shut, so she went back to sleep. But just a few hours later, at 4 a.m., Maddie was awoken with the feeling that something was wrong. When she peered around the room, she immediately noticed that the door leading to the backyard was wide open, and a child was missing from the bed. Marcus was still there, sound asleep, but four-year-old Jaquila wasn't in the bed. She wasn't in the bedroom. Maddie sprung out of bed and headed to the backyard, but all she found was Bebe. No sign of Jaquila. She searched the rest of the house, but again, there was no sign of Jaquila. According to a 911 report obtained by the Wichita Eagle, at 4.06 a.m., a frantic Maddie Mitchell called 911 to report Jaquila missing. She advised she just woke up and one of her grandchildren was missing, and that she had last seen Jaquila about 9.30 p.m. at bedtime. She went on to say to the dispatcher that she had custody of the girl and was, quote, not sure if the mother would have snuck in and took the child. Maddie identified Eureka Scales as her mother and said she, quote, normally stays in the area of 13th and Grove. 
she informed 911 that she had checked that area. But had she? There are so many unanswered questions in this case. Was the last time Maddie Mitchell laid eyes on Jaquila at 9.30 p.m. like she had stated in the 911 call, or at midnight when she had turned down the air conditioning, as was later reported? Had she checked 13th and Grove as she told 911, or were police the first to arrive looking for little Jaquila? Where were the two uncles that lived in the house? Did they hear anything? According to Medium.com, on Wednesday, September 5th, 2001, Jaquila's mother, Eureka, was at her friend's apartment where she had been staying the past two nights. The pair had been up watching TV all night and hanging out. They noticed heavy police presence in the area, but didn't give it much thought until a police officer knocked on the door and asked for Eureka. The officers asked her if her daughter was there in the apartment with her. Completely caught off guard and confused, Eureka answered no. Jaquila was with her great-grandmother Maddie just down the road. Officers then informed Eureka that her four-year-old daughter had just been reported missing. Frantic, Eureka immediately went home to find out exactly what in the hell was going on. And once she heard the story... It didn't make any sense to her. How could someone come in and snatch her daughter from the bed she was sleeping in with her great-grandmother and little brother? Why hadn't Bebe the dog barked? She knew Jaquila would have never left on her own either and pointed out to investigators that her little girl was afraid of the dark. There was no way she was going out in the pitch-black night all alone. And besides, if she had... Someone would have found her by now because police had immediately launched the mother of all searches. According to the Wichita Eagle, police searched on foot, by air, and in the water. The search area was massive and included Grove Park, the Big Ditch, and fields near 33rd and Hillside. And as for the neighborhood Jaquila had disappeared from, it was gridded off and officers walked shoulder to shoulder scouring every square inch for any sign of the four-year-old, last seen wearing a knee-length floral nightgown and tan hair barrettes. They began knocking on doors and asking to search homes in the neighborhood, explaining to startled neighbors that they weren't accusing anyone of abducting her, but perhaps she had wandered into a home and with all the commotion going on looking for her, maybe she became afraid and had hidden somewhere. Neighbors allowed their homes and properties to be searched, and then actually joined in on the search themselves. According to Medium.com, a command center was established right there in the front yard of the home Jaquila had gone missing from. Every available officer, and even the cadets who were enrolled in the police academy, were called in to assist with the search. Flyers with her picture were distributed and plastered everywhere. Anyone and everyone in the area was questioned as to what they had seen or heard. But it seemed nobody knew nothing. Multiple search and rescue dogs were brought in to track Jaquila and provide investigators with any indication of where Jaquila might be. But the dogs found no trail. Police remained hopeful that Jaquila would be found safe and unharmed. Vehicles going in and out of the neighborhood were searched. 
trash trucks were stopped and the garbage searched. As officers looked for clues in the neighborhood, investigators also took a look around the house and found nothing. No sign of forced entry. I mean, remember, the lock on the door leading to the bedroom was broken, so there was no need to force entry, but not just anybody would have known that. There was no sign of a struggle, no trace of blood, seemingly not a single clue as to what had happened. The search continued all day and into the night, but again, absolutely no trace of little Jaquila was found. The following morning, the command center was moved to nearby Grove Park. More resources were allocated. Every detective in Wichita and Sedgwick County was on the case. The FBI was called in to assist, and they brought more dogs, ATVs, and helicopters. Volunteers from the community began pouring in by the hundreds. According to Medium.com, a nearby ranch owner allowed officers to use three of his horses. Volunteers searched and searched and then searched some more, but again, nothing was found. The community was on high alert. Everyone was looking for this little girl. Police urged anyone with information to come forward, and they did. The phones rang off the hook. There was an alleged sighting of Jaquila at a nearby Burger King. Police tracked down the child, but it wasn't her. Another tip came in about VHS tapes and a teddy bear found out on the street. It was checked and had nothing to do with the case. All this according to the Wichita Eagle. Every lead was tracked down, every tip investigated, but none of them led to Jaquila Scales. Investigators called in various members of the family and conducted countless interviews. Eureka Scales voluntarily took a polygraph which, according to Medium.com, she passed. On September 7th, a prayer vigil was held. Candles were lit and over a hundred people showed up to pray for the safe return of the little girl with the big personality, affectionately known as Grammy Boo. Her mother, Eureka, was beside herself with grief during the vigil, but made a passionate plea for anyone with any information to come forward. The search continued. According to the Charlie Project, on September 10, 2001, two-year-old Marcus was removed from the care of Maddie and Eureka and placed into custody of the Kansas Department of Social and Rehabilitation Services, citing concerns about living conditions at the home and his sister's disappearance. This absolutely devastated Eureka Scales, her little girl missing and her son taken. She later spoke out to the Wichita Eagle and stated that at the time she thought to herself, what else is going to get taken away from me? Going on to say she went into a deep depression, shut everyone out, and wanted to give up. But she didn't. She fought. And eventually, in August of 2004, nearly three years after Jaquila's disappearance, she regained custody of Marcus. Investigators, the community, and Jaquila Scales' family continued the desperate search for the missing four-year-old for years. In fact, the search for Jaquila continues today. Rumors and speculation of everything from she was sold 
to she might have been being sexually abused and taken to be silenced have been tossed around. However, nothing concrete has ever been found. Police did develop suspects, but never had enough to charge anyone with anything. And they're not disclosing who those suspects are, since this is still an open investigation. Eureka Scales said she's heard different versions of exactly what happened that night. The version reported to police that Maddie and the children were asleep when whatever happened, happened. The other version that Maddie had actually been in the bathroom when Jaquila disappeared. Which is it because it can't be both? So many unanswered questions still remain. Why hadn't Bebe barked? Was she last seen at 9.30 or was it midnight? How did someone sneak in and take a child out of the same bed with her great-grandmother sleeping right there next to her? Or had she been in the bathroom when Jaquila was abducted? Who would take her and why? Over the years, additional searches have been conducted and leads followed up on. But 20 years later, and Jaquila Avon Scales is still missing. And those questions remain. She would be 24 years old today. The National Center for Missing and Exploited Children have released several age progression photographs, most recently this year, 2021, depicting what Jaquila might look like at 24. According to the Wichita Eagle, her photograph remains tucked under the visor of two of the Wichita detectives that worked her case. They still hold out hope that she could be found alive. One investigator, Doug Nolt, spoke to the outlet, stating, For me, it's just easier not to close that door. Jaquila's mother, Eureka, still holds out hope, too, and misses her daughter every single day. Her Facebook page is filled with photos and messages to and about her missing daughter. Her message to parents? Every day you should hug them, kiss them, and tell them you love them because you don't know what will happen the next day. Jaquila Avon Scales was just four years old when she disappeared seemingly into thin air. She was bright and bossy, loved her baby doll, hair barrettes, the color purple, and McDonald's french fries. She was last seen on September 5th, 2001 in the 1600 block of North Volusia Street near 15th and Hillside, wearing a knee-length floral nightgown with tan barrettes in her hair. Jaquila is a black female with black hair and brown eyes. Her upper front teeth show signs of decay. She has a brown birthmark on the left side of her face and a scar on her upper right leg. She was approximately 3 foot tall, 40 pounds at the time of her disappearance. Someone knows something. A child doesn't just vanish into thin air without no one seeing a thing. There's someone out there who could put all those questions to rest and bring Jaquila home. It's beyond time to talk. If you have any information about the disappearance of Jaquila Avon Scales, even the slightest detail, please call the Wichita Police Department at 316-268-4646 or the National Center for Missing and Exploited Children at 1-800-THE-LOST.
which is 1-800-843-5678. Jen Baxter over at Medium.com wrote the article I referenced through this episode. She's a lawyer-turned-author and activist who writes about missing persons, unsolved murders, and human rights. She has excellent write-ups covering lesser-known cases. I'll link her information in the show notes. Y'all should check it out. As always, you can find more information about this case or any other case on my Instagram at least underscore of these or my Facebook at least of these. New episodes drop every Thursday. I'll be bringing you an all-new case next week. You don't want to miss it. Thank you for listening. Thank you for caring. If you know something, say something. And until next time, be good to each other. What if you could test your blood in your own home, but just a drop? New Pod Disney Plus. This machine is going to change the world. The Dropout. En helt ny original serie. Anybody who doubts my company doubts me. Inspireret af en sand historie. We have to stop her. You don't understand the business. And you don't understand the science. The Dropout. Stream alle episoder nu. Exklusivt på Disney Plus. 79 kroner om måneden. Abonnement kræves. Vilkår gælder. In the 1970s, John Todd burst onto the evangelical scene with a shocking tale. He claimed to be a former witch involved in a then unheard of secret organization called the Illuminati and urged Christians to prepare for a violent world takeover. First of all, the number one weapon in everybody's home should be a 12-gauge pump shotgun. Hear the amazing story of one of the originators of the modern-day conspiracy theory. From Magnificent Noise and Sony Music Entertainment, this is Cover Up, The Conspiracy Tapes.